just when you thought U.S. men's national team fans were getting used to Dos Acero, we might have to get used to a new phrase against Mexico's national teams. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Not too much, Garrett. It's, uh, we're on April 24th, and it's still cold. What's going on? That sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't know what it I is. I would let but... you know that I was probably going to wear a t-shirt and shorts this weekend, but you know, you make fun for that. Everybody hates you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? It's still cold? Uh, it was. It got back down to the 40s yesterday uh, for some reason, but uh, hopefully it'll get back up to the six, 50s and 60s uh, as we get forward. But uh, I tell you what, I'm heading up to uh, I'm heading up to Montreal uh, next week, so uh, hopefully, hopefully it's not as cold there. But I have a plan. Are you, are you driving? Or are you gonna fly? I'm driving. I'm gonna drive. How, how long? How long of a drive is that? It's like five hours. First time. It'll be my first time up there. Uh, Montreal. Yeah, and obviously for for those who are unaware, why I'm heading up there? Yeah, why are you going to Montreal? Yeah, I'm going up the, uh, it's spring break. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's Concacaf uh, Champions League for uh, for everyone who who knows. Uh, Montreal Impact are in the Champions League final, and they just pulled off the unbelievable one-one draw in Azteca. Uh, crazy, crazy game, uh, and it's funny because I, I, you know, we were waiting to see what would happen in the first leg, and then pretty much it came down to if they lose by three goals or more, I probably don't go up there. But if they keep it close, I, I will think be, be there. And then they go out and they tie them. They almost they win almost the won, first yeah. leg in Azteca, uh, thanks to the terrible ref and, and, and a late goal. They they don't get the win, but you know what? They're in good position. It's going to be a sold out uh, Olympic Stadium. And I will be there. I'm looking forward to my first trip to Montreal. Yes, and, and you're right. Uh, Ignacio Piazzi scores the opening goal for Montreal. Uh, I mean, literally, we came down to the wire for Club America to score the goal to be able to pull the draw. But, I mean, I just, what, what is going on? I mean, did, did Montreal not read the MLS guidebook that says American? I'm sorry, that, that MLS teams are not supposed to do well against Mexican teams. Well, I don't know. It's the changing, uh, changing of, the, of the guard. Or, or, and, and Montreal's leading that charge. Yeah, well, <laughs> wait, to be fair, the U.S. did finally win in Azteca in that friendly a couple years back, so maybe that uh, took a little away, uh, took a bit of the stigma away. At, you know, the U.S. in qualifying went down there and got a draw, so yeah, I feel like the last couple of results for American teams down there have, have gone pretty well. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's starting to go away, the whole kind of aura of Azteca. Um, it's, still a, it's still a great place. It's an intimidating place, but maybe when, as you start seeing more and more of these results, uh, get teams starting to believe that they can actually go there and get a result. Well, Ivis, uh, against Club America, I mean, what, what impressed you the most about Montreal? You know, we, we keep talking about this, this you know, team of two different sides, you know, Major League Soccer play, they're the Montreal Impact. But here in CONCACAF Champions League, I mean, Ivis, they're one game away from going to the to the FIFA Club World Cup. I, I know that doesn't mean anything, but it is still kind of a cool prestigious award to go play against some of the teams from around the world. It's crazy to think that Montreal could be the first team to ever win the CONCACAF Champions League for Major League Soccer. Well, I mean, <clears throat> first things first, uh, we have to just acknowledge, look, they're not. it's not like they're sitting there playing the most beautiful soccer. Uh, they're playing to survive. Uh, credit to them. They de- Defensively, they really stepped it up because to go there and, and withstand uh, the pressure that Club America obviously was going to put on them, uh, you know, I, I think most people thought they were going to give up a few goals and you figured, all right, let's hope it's not too bad, it's not too ugly. But not only did I, not only did they not give up the goals, they, I mean, they gave up the one late, which obviously, you know, if you're Montreal, you're you're pretty upset about. Uh, but they they defended well and they and they 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 took their chances. I mean, they, they took their their one chance, but um, 
I don't know. I, I thought they played with they they're playing without fear. And and even in these matchups where you look at it and you say, oh, mm-hmm. they, they shouldn't bode well for them. They're they're flying in. Uh, uh, you know, when you go down to Costa Rica in the semifinals in a real hostile environment, and uh, and you meet that challenge, and now to go to Mexico in, a, in a, another place that's not easy to play to get a result. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Frank Klopas, uh, who's done a great job getting them getting them ready for that. And I know some people look at it and say, why Why can't they do this in MLS? Well, first of all, they've only played like five games in MLS this year, so it's not like, they, not like they've had a ton of games. But, um, you know, it's just a different it, – It's. I mean, I've seen this before. I think people have seen this before where, where, where teams uh, just play differently. I mean, perfect example, Borussia Dortmund uh, earlier in the season. Yep. They couldn't buy a win, a buy even a point in uh, the Bundesliga, but then they were undefeated in Champions League group stage. So sometimes it happens, you know, you're in a different competition, it's a different attitude, and and there's also kind of a momentum for them going back to last year in the group stages when, I mean, let's face it, Montreal season in MLS was pretty much done uh, before the middle of the year. They knew they weren't, their season, there wasn't going to be much to it, so they, they, they devoted all of their energies to the Champions League. And it means a bit more to them, and I, and you can't really—I mean, you can't really blame them, especially now that they're this close. Uh, they're going to step their game up, and I know some people, especially Mexican fans, uh, are going to you know talk crap and say, "Oh, you know, this team—you know—they don't even play. They're 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 just bunkering. They're this and that." And listen, who cares? They're an underdog. They've had injuries galore. You're talking to Justin Mapp, Cameron Porter. Uh, they, they've endured all of that. And and they've gotten to this point, and who cares how they do it if they can pull it off? No one's gonna care that it wasn't pretty. No one's gonna care that they didn't dominate opponents or that they needed the they advanced on away goals uh, in multiple rounds. All that matters is that it, this is turning into another Cinderella story. And if they win, it's gonna be unbelievable. Considering you know a Mexican team, the Club America. I mean, look at the payroll. Look at the talent on that roster. If you it does, if you find a way to beat them, who cares how you do it? If you, as long as you do it. So, uh, I'd say well, it's going to be amazing. The second leg at Olympic Stadium. It's already sold out. It was. It's been sold out. I feel like for a week. Uh, so I tell you, what, I can't wait. I can't wait to be there. I have some bad news though for Montreal. Not that we want to put. Uh, we want to burst all this momentum though. That uh, Evan Bush though had, had a fantastic game. He's going to be missing. Uh, the next match due to yellow card uh, accumulation. I mean, obviously, I mean, this is something where you, you know, hopefully, you know, you think if you're a Montreal Impact fan, you know, you're thinking that, you know, you can overcome this. But I mean, look, Evan Bush had a wonderful game the other night, eight saves, and uh, you know, it's just, it, you know, kind of puts a little bit damper on it. They're, well, they're appealing. Uh, I, you know, who knows when it comes to Concaf, what's going to happen? And um, you know, I, I mean, we did, and what we didn't talk about, which we got to kind of talk about from the game. I mean, the referee was atrocious. I mean, I, you, you absolutely have to send off the uh, the, the Club America defender who pulled Dominic Adore from behind on a breakaway. Uh, the referee gives a yellow, and and it was just. I mean, it, who who only knows what happens if they give that red card? Like, if if the referee gives a red like he was supposed to. I mean, Montreal, they, they're flying high. I mean, they they were playing with confidence in that first half. They were really. Uh, really trying to test that Club America defense, which was missing, obviously, some players to suspension, including U.S. Nas- uh, national team defender Ventura Alvarado, who was who, who had uh, yellow card accumulation, so he was out of the first leg. Uh, we can only imagine what Montreal would have been able to do if if that red card was given. So uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but now it's up to Con- now what's up to Concacaf? Are they going to do the right thing here and 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 rescind this suspension, uh, rescind this yellow, and let and let Evan Bush play? And if they don't, all of a sudden you're looking at Montreal 
you know, having to go with an inexperienced goalkeeper on top of, you know, the, the all, you know, the players that they're already missing. So uh, it, it's crazy to think uh, all they've had to o- overcome and endure. And you know what? Maybe it's just going to be another chapter for this, this, this Cinderella story for them. But we'll see. It's still not done. You can't count Club America out. Uh, they are. They have so much firepower, and anyone who saw the semifinal second leg between them and, and Herediano, uh, let's not forget the first leg of their semifinals. They laid an egg. What was it? Three zero. I think they 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 were destroyed in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and people really were like, "Uh oh, Club America, how do you lose like that? They're in trouble." And guess what? They went out and destroyed Herediano in the second leg. I don't even remember how many goals they scored. Five, six. It was unbelievable. So. You know, you, you, you got to be careful. Montreal, that defense, Lawrence Simon, Baki Sumari, credit to them. They've been unbelievable. And they're going to have to be even better if, if Evan Bush uh, misses this game. And, of course, Ivis, I mean, everyone, you know, including every Major League Soccer fan is going to want Montreal to defeat Club America, move on, you know, win CONCACAF Champions League. But if they don't, I mean, I, mean, I think this is a testament, Ivis, where people can look and say, look, Montreal did it. We can now do it, too. I, I think it could give confidence around the league. Do you agree? Well, that, that, that's what I, I, I find interesting. Uh, it, it is kind of cool to see the, the the growing support among MLS fans uh, who want to see Montreal pull it off, right? And and there is that small subset of, of, of fans who are just kind of like, oh, you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a good look if Montreal wins. And I don't necessarily buy that. What I would say is the run overall, the run that they've made to get to the final, is it as is it has has it been as pretty as Real Salt Lake's run to the final? Uh, in 2011, no, it hasn't. That Real Salt Lake was special. They, they they played great soccer. They really matched up with every opponent and went at you know, uh, every opponent and, and played great and, and would have been a deserving champion if Monterey hadn't beaten them. But you know what? What this this does mean something for for MLS because I feel like every team in MLS has to look at this run and say, you know what? Why not us? Why can't we? do the same thing and i know it, it's always tough for mls teams in the group stages to to commit uh resource try to find that balancing act between the group stages of the champions league and and mls play itself and you're jockeying for playoff position uh in some cases you're fighting for play your, your playoff lives so so it's tough to kind of uh you know have people you know take your your top stars and play them in, in champions league but i think Hopefully now, when you look at this run, you're going to see MLS teams, when the group stages come around for the next Champions League, they're going to look at it and say, listen, if we get serious about this, we could win this competition if we're serious about it. Uh, and that's the big question mark. Is that is that Are we going to see a change in that regard? Because we haven't seen it completely. We haven't seen a complete commitment from MLS teams to the Champions League. And let's not forget, Montreal was able to really commit to the group stages and really commit to getting far further in, in the tournament because their MLS season was done uh, last year, early. So they you know, they only had to worry about Champions League. They didn't have MLS, uh, the playoffs or anything to, to really shoot for at that point. So for me, hopefully, hopefully it's a sign to MLS teams that they, they, they should want to try to take the Champions League more seriously. Uh, and, you know, there's some good teams this year, some good MLS teams that, that I think could make runs in the next t- in tournament. But, you know, we'll see. And if Montreal wins it, then hopefully that will send an even bigger message that, hey, it's time for MLS to start winning this on a regular basis. Well, Ivis, moving away from CONCACAF Champions League and specifically focusing on Major League Soccer, we have a full slate of games for Week 8 on Sunday night in Seattle. The Sounders will be hosting the Portland Timbers. Chad Marshall suspended for this game, but you will have Clint Dempsey and Opafemi Martins. See, uh, Portland has never won in Seattle. 
Uh, it'll be a huge result for them, Ivis. But you know, with Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins playing at the level that they're playing at, Seattle is home. It, it just looks like it has all the makings for a Seattle victory. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a uh, you know, Portland. They're, they're coming off their big win uh, in New York, and uh, Chad Marshall not being there. That's a big one, you know, for Fernando Adi. Fedenati is, is looked good for Portland, and I, I think he could be a handful of, uh, against a, uh, a Sounders defense that would be, be missing their leader. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a wide-open game. Um, I'm sure I'm jinxing it by saying that. It's probably going to be 0-0 now. But uh, uh, I, I, I am very interested to see Seattle's attack go up against the Portland de- defense that has come along well. Has posted three shutouts this year. Just posted a shutout in New York. Their goalkeeper, uh, uh, the, the Ghanaian goalkeeper, he's been great, uh, or he's been good. He's been good. He's had, he had a couple of shaky moments, but he's coming along well. Uh, we had a nice feature on him uh, on goal on, on I'm sorry, on SBI uh, soccer, uh, just him talking about his adjustments to the league. And I think you know what, this is the kind of game. If you're Portland, uh, you need your goalkeeper. You know you're going to need your goalkeeper to make some big saves. And and this is his chance. This is Quares, Adam Quares' opportunity. To, to kind of put his stamp in that rivalry and, and really uh, endear himself to, to Timbers fans by having himself a big game. Uh, I'll agree Seattle should win, but uh, I think it's going to be a much tougher matchup than maybe some people think. Well, the one thing for Portland, though, is that they're they're just like, you know, weeks away right now from getting Will Johnson back, Diego Valeri. I think Will Johnson's playing this weekend against Arizona United, and, and then uh, Diego Valeri's coming back. And so if you're Portland, I mean, you're looking at all these results, and, and and now you're saying, man, if we can go up to Seattle, you know, be able to pull away at least a point, you know, come away with a victory, maybe you get Will Johnson back next week. It just seems like things right now are, are for, for Portland are, are treading in the right direction. Right. No, I agree. I mean, they're, 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 that win in New York was big for them. And look, they didn't play the most beautiful game. I mean, you could definitely argue NYCFC was the, uh, played the better soccer on the day. Uh, but the, the Timbers won the game, and that, that gives you momentum. When, uh, that gives you confidence when, when you win a game that, you know, you put the work in, you fight hard, uh, and you get your three points. And and, they're de- and I, mean, I feel like we said it last show, there's something to be said for knowing that Valeri – Diego Valeria, Will Johnson are on the way back, and they're on, and they'll be back soon. Uh, that's got a boot that gives you a boost because you know your two be- two of your best guys are coming back, uh, and, and you and you raise your game up. Now, you know some people raise their game up because they know they're going to be fighting for minutes even harder, and others raise their game because they know they're going to have they get, they're going to get the band back together. They're going to get the full Timbers team back together to really make a run at this thing. And and you know obviously I said it before the season started. I thought the Timbers would be uh a good a good team i thought they would be in the west i thought they really they could really be a force and now we'll see we'll see how serious it is um but seattle man seattle i i know that they have started to wake up uh after what's been a somewhat subpar start to the season for them um but yeah this is an important game for them they cannot you definitely don't want to drop three points and uh you don't want to drop any points when it's especially when it's your arch rival you talk about not dropping any points. New York Red Bulls, LA Galaxy this weekend. New York Ivis, think about this. The only team who have yet to lose this season, they'll be hosting the Galaxy. Uh, and I think Ivis, I mean, come on, think about this. When was the last time that these two teams went into a match where you could say that New York was the favorite? Are they the favorite, though? That's yes, the they are. I, I come know on. They are. Look, you're telling me, if you, you know, it's a gun to your head, you're going to uh, take the wallet out, take $100. Put the money on who you think is going to win. You're telling me you're definitely going to put the $100 on the Red Bulls to win? Yes, for this game. Yes. I don't know, man. You can't count the Galaxy out. You can't count Bruce Green out. Obviously, the big key, and I, and I haven't haven't heard the latest. Uh, I know they're, they're, uh, uh, the Galaxy are training today. 
uh, here in New Jersey. But Robbie Keane, if Robbie Keane is back, if he's back and healthy, then all bets are off, man. I tell you what, the Galaxy can absolutely come here and win. Um, but having said that, yes, you got to give the Red Bulls their props. They've played really well. Uh, their midfield's been outstanding. But you know what? They have not played a team at the level of the Galaxy. And I know someone will say, ah, oh, but the Galaxy haven't, haven't looked like the Galaxy to start the season. Hey, they're starting to warm up. They've won two games in a row now uh, without Robbie Keane. And if they get Keen back, I mean, okay, but but you're acting like New York's played a bunch of pushovers, though. I mean, they have good results against DC, Columbus, Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, San Jose. Okay, San Jose. I mean, they're, not, they're, not, they're good results against decent teams. They're not beat. They have yet to beat any bottom. They haven't played any bottom dwellers. They've had good results so far. I, I'm not, look, they're not. They're not playing the weak sisters of the poor. But no, uh, DC United ha- hasn't really overwhelmed me. I mean, they, I don't consider them up. I'm talking about the league's. Like the teams that people would con- uh, the the consensus is these are the best teams in the league, whether it's before the season began or even the teams that have been hot to tr- hot to try early in the season. We talk about L.A., Seattle, Vancouver, uh, even in FC Dallas. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the Red Bulls have impressed, right? And and I've been impressed. They've been much better than I thought they'd be. And you know, if you're talking about them or an FC Dallas, who's who's more legit or whatever? Look, the Red, I think the Red Bulls are legit. I think Jesse March is doing a good job. Having said that. L.A. is a different class of opponent than they've played this year. It's like I don't know how anyone can even argue that. So uh, that's that's why I think this is going to be the real, real test to, to to tell all of us if this gal- if this Red Bulls team is a, a true, true, true contender or if they're a team that's just kind of benefited from a slightly, you know, decent schedule and some momentum early on. So this is a big game for them. This is a big game because if they win this game, uh, it's, it definitely sends a message around the league that they, that they are really legit and it, and it sends a message to them that to let them know, Hey, you know, we, we, we are, we are here. We're a real, we're the real deal. We're the real deal. And, and, and I, I know you're going to say, Oh, hey, you know, DC twice, you get the results against them twice. They should already believe that, but you're playing the champs, you're playing the champs and beating the champs sends a completely different message. And then on Sunday, Orlando city will be hosting Toronto FC. Tons of star power on the pitch in this one, Ivis. I mean, tons Kaká, Sebastian Jovinko, Michael Bradley, Breg Shea, Jose Altador. I mean, lots of names. But the one thing, I mean, both of these teams are still trying to find themselves in the 2015 season. Toronto, Ivis, I mean, they're cursed at this point. We could just, you know, it, it, they, could, they could literally have Real Madrid, and, and they probably will be last in the table. Probably not. But Toronto seems to be cursed. Orlando's still trying to figure out their way. Uh, I mean, Ivis, this is an interesting matchup between two teams where in a few months from now you, you could say, you know, they eventually figured it out, or they did not figure it out. But uh, this uh, this game on paper looks great, but I don't know if it's going to be the most beautiful soccer on Sunday. Uh, I think it will be actually. I think it's going to be an attractive game. I think uh, right now the the pressure's got to be on TFC. It's got to be on their players. It's definitely on their manager on their coach. Um, because look, everyone expected them to, to to be a top team this year. I mean, you you win that first game in Vancouver. Everything, everybody's feeling good, and then they haven't lost. They haven't won a game since, and it's crazy considering the amount of money that they put into that team. Uh, but Orlando, and Orlando, it's a little bit different with Orlando because uh, it's not like they've won a billion, a bunch of games, but they've played. I, for me, they've played well. They've created chances. Uh, they, they, they're passing. They're the best passing team in the league right now. When you want to talk about passing percentage, total passes. They they try to play. They really try to knock the ball around, and and it, it's fun to watch. Now, um, it, it, it's interesting coming into this game. It, it, it's April, so it's not. Is it a must win? No, it's not a must must win. 
But for Toronto, man, they need they at, need result in any they need way to, possible. They need, they, they need to get a point out of this game. They need to stop the bleeding. You already got the vultures circling up in Toronto, talking about Greg Vanny is in trouble. Uh, you know, there, there's reports claiming that that you know there, there's Italian manager being lined up. You you wonder how serious that is. Do you take it with a grain of salt? I know, in, uh, you know, Kurt, Kurt Larson up at, up in Toronto. Uh, shot down those rumors and and tried to make it clear that you know Vanny is not about to be fired. So uh, it's all ugly. It's all ugly, man. And uh, for, for I mean, if you look at the two of them, if you if you had asked yourself before the start of the season who would be in better shape here uh, on April twenty fourth, twenty fifth, I think ninety nine percent of people would have said Toronto FC. But here we are. Orlando City's higher in the standings. Uh, they've played the better soccer when it comes down to it. Um, and an interesting interesting side note, I wrote. I just wrote a piece for Gold.com on Adrian Heath, who uh, some people might not remember, but he nearly went to Toronto FC as a coach. He nearly left Orlando City back in 2012 to join the Toronto FC coaching staff. And um, it's crazy to think how things change and how how, how decisions can, can can go one way or another and change history and change fate. Adrian Heath, was a lucrative offer was made by Toronto FC to Adrian Heath. He, he considered it. It was a possibility. And ultimately, he turned it down. And part of the reason he turned it down was because of the vision that Phil Rollins had for Orlando City and the dream that they had of MLS. And he bought into he was Adrian Heath was convinced that that, that this could happen. Uh, Phil Rollins can help convince him that, that he should stick around and, and he should he should help build that. And look, credit to them. They've made it all happen. Uh, so definitely, if you get a chance, check that that article out on Gold.com. And, and that's going to be an interesting one to see. Orlando, the team that that he has and that he stuck with against mm-hmm. the team that you know what he nearly joined and 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 who is now uh, still a mess. They're still a mess. They haven't made the playoffs yet in their history, and we all thought this was the year. But now who knows, man? They, they, if they they need to show something in this game, no one's saying it's a must win, but they need to show something. They need to play. They need to show us the team that they were supposed to be because it's crazy now. Four losses in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough with the excuses, enough with needing the time to to gel, enough with the bad referees' decisions going your way. And, yes, I know they have had those go against them. Um, they just need to play. They need to come out and and, and show that, that they were deserving of all that pre, preseason hype. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Toronto the next couple of weeks, if they drop a couple of results, if Greg Vanny will still be there. We talked about this last week. It's still early to the season, but if Toronto continues this trend in a month from now, you never know. On the other hand, Real quickly, Ivis, Orlando, uh, you know, when you kind of look at them right now, I mean, they, they, they kind of seem to be where they are in Major League Soccer. I mean, you know, kind of middle of the pack. You didn't really expect them to be top, bottom, but they seem to be where, where they need to be. I think they've done a little better than the, than the consensus was going to be about them. Um, I mean, I, for me, coming into the season, I had questions about their forwards and about uh, their ability to to score goals. I mean, I thought th- I thought their midfield would be good, and their midfield has been good, but uh their their finishing has let them down um i know brian roche there was a lot of talk about him coming into the season but he hasn't really played a role um now you have kyle aaron the number one pick who has started to get get games and and, you know showing some of the uh some of the glimpses of the talent that he has that that made him be the number one overall pick so once they get that for me once they get that figured out once they get the forward situation figured out I think they are going to be a playoff team. I mean, looking at it now, uh, I, I, I have to say that because I think their defense has come together well. 
Uh, I thought that was the bigger question mark coming into the season was their defense, their back line. And look, I know they're coming off a big loss to Columbus, but that, you know, there was the, the red card. That was a red card there. That that changes everything, especially against a good team like Columbus. So I'm not going to look at that that blowout loss and say, oh, you know, they're a bad team. I think their defense is, is, is has, has come along well. Their midfield has been excellent. They need their forwards to step up. They need somebody to step up and be consistent and, and finish the chances that guys like Aka and Kevin Molino are going to create. And you know what? This is a great test. This game uh, is they're at home. They're, they're facing a, uh, in theory, on paper, tough Toronto FC team. So now they got to do it. Whether it's Kyle Aaron, Kyle Aaron going up against Toronto, you know, the, you know the Canadian kid going up against the Canadian team, you should get up for that. So we'll see. I tell you what, for me, you know, I always like point to certain games and say I think that's going to be a good game. I think this will be a good game. I know you don't think so, but I think just because of the pressure on Toronto and just because Orlando they're at home, they're coming off an ugly loss. I think both teams have a lot of reason to step their games up, and I think they will. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps will be playing host at DC United. This weekend, uh, Vancouver first in the Western Conference, as everyone knows. Uh, DC United, Ivis, they get Fabian Espindola back from the six-game suspension. That's going to be huge for them. Vancouver also gets Pedro Morales back. And, and look, if you're Vancouver, Ivis, and, and you're Carl Robertson, we've talked about this for kind of last two years. Well, I don't know if we talked about it, but you know, we've always looked at Vancouver as a team where if they can figure it out, they have a lot of talent. It seems like finally Vancouver's figured it out. And Carl Robertson has some very tough decisions over playing time for a lot of different guys. Marl Rosales, Kakuta Mane, Darren Maddox. I mean, they have a lot of talent up in Vancouver. And I'm, it's just, it's it's... It's crazy to see Vancouver finally starting to maybe live up that to that potential that they've that they've had the last couple of years. All right, I mean they played well, no doubt about it. They've gotten the results uh, early on in the season, and you have to give you have to give Carl Robinson credit because he's uh, you know he's helped really mold that team. And I remember talking him talking to him uh, back in January about it, and he he felt good about the team. He felt good. Uh, about the pickups that they were making, you can't question Octavio Rivera has been, you know, the, the 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 early MVP candidate for them. So their defense has come along. Pa Moduka has stepped in. They took mm-hmm. him off the scrap heap and plugged him into the lineup, and he's he's settled he's settled in well there. They're a good team. There's no questioning that they're a good team. <clears throat> Are they an elite team? I mean, I think that I think time will tell if they're going to be able to maintain this level. Uh, because yes, they've they've they've. The wins that they've had, they they put together a nice nice run. They've been impressive. That LA win was a masterpiece. Of the wins that they've had, that was the one when you say, man, they played, they play at a high level, they beat a good opponent, um, and that showed me a lot. Now the, this DC game, DC, you know what? I give them credit in the sense that they've gotten results, but have they been a team that you watch them play and you say, man, this team is a is a really tough team? They they, they uh, are they a team that plays a high level of soccer? I don't know if they do. Um, the the points have been there. I mean, they're they're tied for they first. They only dropped one match this season. No, I know, I know, but I just it's a I don't know. And and you know what? Maybe I, I the aesthetic part of things. You, you you can say oh you you don't want to put too much emphasis on that, but that does matter because quality of play uh, matters because you can grind out results, you can get tough wins and 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 ugly wins, uh, but it's hard to do that over a course of a whole season, right? I think for me. I get more impressed at teams that play at a good level uh, and get their results. Like the New York Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls, you know, I said what I said about their schedule not being, uh, 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 you know, amazing schedule that they faced early on. But they've played at a high level. You watch those games. You watch the Red Bulls play this year. They're outplaying opponents. Like, clearly, clearly outplaying opponents. So, for me, when I look at their start to the season, 
I'm more convinced by the Red Bull start of the season than I am by, you know, even Vancouver's start of the season. Because, you know, Vancouver, some of these games have been pretty ugly for them, right? I mean, I, even though they've gotten the wins, uh, you know, some of them ha- have been, you know, grinding out games. And and you take the points as you can get them. But I think for me, this is a game where you, these are two teams. Let's see one of these teams really step it up in from the sense of really trying to dominate a game. Vancouver did that in L.A. against L.A. They thoroughly outplayed L.A. They showed their best level. And that, for me, was the match that convinced me that, hey, Carl Robinson has himself a team that can absolutely be be among the elite in the West if they can get to – if they can play that kind of soccer. So I want to see more of that from them. I want to – against this D.C. team at home – this is the kind of game you should be able to go, you know, step on the field at home against a team coming all the way from the East Coast and outplay them. And that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting Vancouver to outplay D.C., get a comfortable win. But we'll see because i tell you what, man, D.C., well, is, as ugly as it is, they make it tough for everybody. No, they do. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you're also getting back Fabian Ismendola. I, I think that's going to be huge to them. It's a huge upgrade over Jairo Arrieta. Uh, I think Fabian is just one of the more underrated players in the league. And having him back, Ivis, for, for D.C., I think that's really, really, really going to help him out big time. Fair point. Totally fair point. Especially coming off of last year. Exactly. Um, he's, been that, good. Hey, let, he's been good for the last four years. He's nah, one of the more underrated players. You know, yes, nah, he is. yes, he is. Listen, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Okay, listen. I know the RSL blood that's not. Team. That is not why. He played for... <laughs> that's so reckless. He played for... <laughs> dude, he was money when he was in New York for the one year. He's, look, the la- money, I'm looking no, four no, no, years. No, no, he's no, been no, good no, for the last yeah. four years. This is what I'm going to say about Fabian Spindler. Okay. Last year aside, last year he put together a really strong year. Beginning to end, he really stepped it up to a different level. Before that, he's a guy. I mean, for me, he's a guy uh, for the longest time. Last year excluded because last year I thought he really put it together. Uh, through his MLS career, he's a guy who's not consistent. He's a guy who 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 uh, is up and down. Who by the end of the year, he has put together stats, and you look at him and you say, "Oh, you know, he had himself another good year. He got ten goals or nine goals, whatever may the case may be." But if you watch him day to day, if you watch him week to week, I mean, you think of all the chances that he missed. You think of all the opportunities that he should have put away. And I think for me, that's why we also like was was fine with letting him go when they did because he was a guy they didn't feel they could rely on, especially when you want to talk about competitions. Whether I still remember Concacaf Champions League. Going back to that, I mean, he there were chances he absolutely should have finished. So for me, uh, it, DC for what they have left, given that Eddie Johnson is is out and may never come back, they need him back, and it's a boost, no mm-hmm. question. That's a completely fair point. But having said that, to assume that he's going to come right back and step in and be 2014 a Spindola, uh, no, no, I think I'm, that, not, I, I, I'm I, not saying I, that. I'm not saying that. That's what he said. No, I'm just saying he's an upgrade over Hyrule Arietta. That's all I'm fair. saying. That, that that is the point I'm making, though. Totally fair. Okay. Totally fair point. Uh, but is that going to be enough to win in Vancouver? I don't think so. All right, Ivis. Columbus, Philadelphia. Ivis, Columbus starting to look like they're starting to put things together. Back to back draws and a win last week after over Orlando City, where they just completely smashed them 3 0. Uh, Philadelphia, I mean, they're up and down every single week, Ivis. Consistency has always been the problem with them. And uh, when you look at this match, I think this just has a, a win written all over it for Columbus. Uh, yeah, it should be. It should be. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, they should be the better team. Phillies, Phillies, they're Incons- tough. They're inconsistent. Right, right. I mean, I feel like they oh, really? have the Philadelphia get... inconsistent? Who knew? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, you know, I'll agree with you. 
I just think, I don't know, man. I feel like Philly sh- should be better than he's been. Uh, I think getting, obviously, benching and, and uh, benching Rise and Bowley is, is, was a big step for them. Uh, but then they still let you down when you look at that New England game. I mean, that New England game, they should they, they were right in position to get a to get something out of that game against a tough New England team, and then they blow they blow it. They give up two late goals, and uh, and it's kind of back to the drawing board for them. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Columbus is gonna win this game, um, but it's I don't think they're gonna dominate. I don't think they're gonna blow it away. I think Philly. Uh, will be up for the challenge and make it a good game. I just think Columbus will have an edge. I yeah. think Kai, a guy like Kai Kamara uh, against that defense, I think he'll have some luck uh, or, or some good fortune there. And Iguain, Iguain is is a magician. He's given Philly all sorts of fits in the past, and and I think that's going to be just too much for them. And the other thing too, not not that I want to throw more shade on Philadelphia, but going into this match, you, you don't have Vincent Nogueira, CJ Sapong, you don't have. Christian Maidana, you don't have. Zach Pfeffer, you also don't have. There's a lot of pieces missing for Jim Curtin in Philadelphia. Wow. I, actually, I didn't realize they were getting That's a lot off. of pieces. They, yeah, they're done, man. That's a gimme. That's, it's it's going to – yeah, no, it's a loss. <laughs> Let's just chalk that up and who knows. Maybe we'll jinx it because it's MLS. You never know. That when it, the, the most ga- It always seems like the game that you look at as the most guaranteed result one mm-hmm. way or another ends up going the other way. It never fails. But this time, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Columbus is a good team. They're, they'll get it done. I think this is – given those injuries, given those absences, I'm with you. I think they're going to roll. Uh, New England, Real Salt Lake this weekend. Uh, Real Salt Lake will be looking to bounce back from that loss last week against the Vancouver Whitecaps. New England, on the other hand, Ivis throwing a five-match undefeated streak. This is going to be a fantastic game this weekend. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, hmm. Eh. Fantastic! That seems like a so. This is your game. This is the, like when you you're looking at the schedule. You like this game the most? Uh, no, I like I like New York Red Bulls LA the most. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, no England man. They, you know, they, Jermaine Jones is back. I mean, that's obviously huge for them. Uh, and RSL though, man, they haven't. They they, they could be due for a beating in this game, and I'll tell you why. What? Chris Schuler's hurt. He's out. He's injured. He's out for four to six weeks. Hamas Olave is suspended, red card, last game. So right there, boom, your center, your central defense is out. Now you got to go on the road without your starting center backs and go up against a New England attack with all the stars they have. Juan Angadello, Lee Wynn, Kellen Rowe, Charlie Davies, Teal Bunbury, Diego Fagundes. I mean, man. And also, if you're RSL, you don't have uh, uh, Sebastian Salcedo and you don't have Luis Gill, too. <laughs> Salcedo, really? Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So look, New England should roll. They they should roll. Uh, we'll see if they do it. We'll see because they're now uh, they've been rounding in the form, as you said. They've gotten the five uh, five match unbeaten streak going. Their defense has been uh, really solid, even with injuries. You had Jermaine Jones get thrown back there last week. Andrew Farrell has settled in really well at, at center back for them. Bobby Shuttleworth's been out of his mind for them. He's been mm-hmm. great. Uh, yeah, New England should roll absolutely. And if you're New England, I mean, you're going to have to. And, and if you're New England, you have you have hopes that Juan Aguilar is coming back with a lot more confidence after scoring that goal against Mexico too. And if the, I mean, he's been kind of slow to start the season here, but if he can get going, Ivis, oh, that will take New England to an even another level. Well, that's why I think this is going to be that breakout game for him, uh, for New England, because uh, yeah, it, there is that confidence off that goal against Mexico. Uh, even though it was a week ago and he played since then. But I think going up against an RSL team that's going to have, have a pair of backup center backs playing, uh, he's got his mouth's got to be watering at that opportunity. I was moving on. Chicago, Phil, uh, New York Red – I'm sorry, not New York Red Bulls. Excuse me, NYCFC this weekend. Both teams will probably be competing 
I, th- I mean, it kind of seems like Chicago might be here to stay competing for kind of those final spots in the playoff race. Uh, what are you going to be looking at this weekend with these two teams? Uh, it's a tough one. NYCFC's had so many injuries. Uh, let's let's see what they actually have on the field to produce. Chicago's had all these weeks off. Uh, they've only they've only played a handful of games. Uh, they credit to them, credit to Frank Yallop for for picking that team up off the mat after a really rough start to the season. Uh, so you you're curious to see how they respond to the time off. Is it will it has it will it be good for them? Will it be bad for them? Because they they did they had started to kind of find a find a good level mm-hmm. before they before this break this most recent break two match winning streak man yeah so I mean that you know what the, Harry Ship is going to do his thing uh, NYC um, we got to see will via play uh, mix this group supposed to be back so you know that that'll obviously help them so I, I, this one for me is a tough one to call just because you know NYC with all if, if, if NYCFC was completely healthy. Then I, I'd edge towards at least a draw, and I think NYC could could pull out a win. But given the injuries and the uncertainty about who they're going to have for this game, uh, I'm going to go with the fire. You know, I think the fire, they're rested. Uh, they're, they're feeling good off of that, winning those two games before this break. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I like Chicago's chances. The last time Chicago won three matches in a row, you have to go all the way back to the 2013 season at the end of the season. It's not that long ago. Not that is it? 2013, it's like a year and change. It's like a year and change. It just seems like a long time. To, I don't know. It just seems like forever. Well, for you, that's a long time because your whole life is, you know, you've changed completely in the last that's, you know, three months. Four months. You know, you're you, not the only person to say that. You know, people who don't listen to this show say that to me all the time. Everyone, everyone can tell you've aged like 15 years. That's, in the, that's, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like reverse Benjamin Button. Like, I don't know what's going on. You're like, adult, you drank from the wrong grail. I think, I, I think this is what happens though, right? I mean, you, you go to, you know, you, you had you, your fun and then you settle down and you, then yeah, I become like a grumpy old man. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what's supposed to happen? You've taken it to a different level. I mean, you haven't even gotten married yet. Usually when you, you gotta, usually you wait till you get married and then, and then the clock starts going faster and then you, and then you become the old man. I mean, you're like already. The, you're not. You haven't even got married yet. You're planting gardens. And your vegetables growing. You're like tweeting about vegetables. We actually had potatoes from the garden last night. They were fantastic. You know, it's the end when you're starting to tweet about your garden, Garrett. That's I mean, not the end. This is for you. It. I mean, you're you're, <laughs> you're like Frank the Tank. You used to be the party guy. You used to be Frank the. I know. Like I know. The, of the show, and now you're like uh, you're like Mr. Rogers, man. You're, ter- you're just completely transformed for my eyes. I know it's so sad. I said, told you what happened. I told you what happened. It's so sad. All right, I was oh, <laughs> so sad. All right, moving on. <laughs> Houston Sporting Kansas City uh, will be played this weekend. Uh, I have two teams still trying to find themselves uh, as the season goes on. Sporting Kansas City going into this match, uh, they're going to be missing some players. Ikapara, we all know he's gone. Chance Myers. Uh, Graham Susie, Sisavonic, they are not 100% if they'll be playing this weekend. It looks like a good opportunity for Houston to take advantage of a shorthanded sport in Kansas City. Uh, I don't know, man. This, You know, we've talked about some games that we looked at and say, yeah, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be an exciting game. That's going to be a, a marvelous game or whatever the words you wanted to use for it. This game is going to be ugly. I'm just going to say it now. You better be a hardcore fan of one of these teams if you're going to subject yourself to two hours of this game. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it. I hate to. I'm not trying to throw, throw shade. But you are throwing I, shade. That's a lot of shade. Should, 
I'm sorry, man. It's inevitable. This is going to be an ugly game. This is not going to be beauty. This is not going to be the beautiful game at all. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be. There might be a goal. <laughs> it is going to be about thirty-five. <laughs> it's going to be about thirty-five. Uh, you know, fouls. Probably five or six cards at least. Maybe a red. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be. If you like. If you like UFC, you like you know some physical like combat sports. This will probably be the game for you because this is going to be ugly. I'd say that right now. Also, I'm pretty sure I said Sinovic. Did I say Savonic? I don't know what you said. <laughs> sounded, sounded, fun. sounded funny. I wasn't going to say anything. No, thanks. I appreciate that. All right, moving on to the last game of the weekend: Colorado FC Dallas. Uh, FC Dallas Ivis is going to be uh, um, looking to continue. Uh, their, their trend, I guess you could say, they a little bit of a dip. Last week, they defeated Toronto FC. And what, actually, what was a crazy game was uh, the rain delay and all that. Uh, on the other hand, you have the Colorado Rapids, who are look. It's the Colorado Rapids when they're they're still struggling. Ivis. I mean, do they have any chance this weekend? They just beat Dallas four zero two weeks ago. Did you forget it? Come those on. are just those are just that's dude. <laughs> okay, why did they beat? Why did they beat Dallas two weeks ago? No, because Pablo Pablo Mastrani was not coaching that team. He's back coaching the team this weekend. There it is. That's the key to Colorado. He's the jinx. He is. I'm Uh, amazing. The one game he misses, Colorado goes scores four goals. I think it's actually the mustache. I don't think it's him. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, look, FC Dallas. uh, I think they're going to go in with a chip on their shoulder into this game. I mean, I think they're going to want to go in there. And send a message because I know they, as a team, they had to be embarrassed after getting blown out at home by by this same Colorado team. They know they know they they're better than they showed that day, and I think they're going to go up. They, it, look, it's not easy to go play at Dick's Sporting Goods Park no. uh, with the altitude and all and all that. But FC Dallas, man. I think they're going to go up there and they're going to exact some revenge. And I think they're going to win a comfortable game. Yeah, and, and look, that's the one thing I think we all learned with Major League Soccer. Some of these results, they're just blips here and there. If it continues to trend, okay, but it's, that's the thing. You don't, you don't get, you can't get too worked up with with some losses because it's not, it's not gonna be like that all the time. All right, Evis, time to move on though. Let's talk about the new saying that U.S. men's national team fans are gonna have to get used to. Trace Acero, the U23 men's national team defeated Mexico three to zero at the StubHub Center this past week, and all of a sudden, Ivis, just like that, you know, look at look at America, man, started to put Mexico back in its place. What do you say to that? Whoa, whoa, easy, easy there, Tiger, <laughs> in its place, this guy. And by the way, how do you spell trace? Is that T-R-A-Y-C-E? Is that how do you, how do you spell why, it? Why, dude, we got to work on Spanish, we, My Dude, Spanish, my Spanish accent is atrocious. We all You're know this. one of the top five most Anglo guys I know on earth. But look. I think I got they, that from my dad who would try to speak Spanish, and it was so embarrassing. When he would, <laughs> and I'd be like, Dad, stop. And then, like, being around that for 20 years, it just, you know, <laughs> osmosis. We're going to get you Rosetta Stone. We're going to work on that. We're nature that um now but look obviously for anyone who didn't stay up to 1 a.m to watch the end of this u.s uh u23 game the first half was atrocious they played horribly but then then the second i I don't know what andy herzog said i don't know if he i don't know if he like you know threatened to like i don't know beat up his play no i'm just kidding i don't know what he said it was a stirring (laughs) halftime speech whatever it was they came out in the second half and were a completely different team and conversely mexico after really dominating the first half of that game they were just invisible in the second half they i mean they really didn't look at all as good as they did in the first half and even with that they did create chances good credit to cody cropper he made some big saves for them um but this u.s team man i mean you come away from it three zero there were some good performances obviously you know cropper 
Luis Gill, Jordan Morris. Yeah, Jordan Morris scores again. Yeah. U.S. fans are are, are hype, hype train. The hype train is in it's 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 in it's in the express lane right now <laughs> for Jordan Morris and and, and I don't want to say I'm cringing at it, but I do think people need to calm down and and I think people are. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that all U.S. fans are going crazy and think Jordan Morris is going to be you know the, the Stanford Messi or anything like that. Um, but I, I, you do get the sense that people are really uh, uh, going a little crazy, going, getting really excited. And look, it's nothing wrong. Fans, if you're a fan, you're allowed to get excited about a young player, about a, about a talented, exciting new player, because that's being a fan. That's like the whole point, right? If you're a fan, you know, you, you, you want to be able to, to have someone that, that you can get excited about. Uh, and Morris is talented. I mean, the the speed isn't. I mean, he he's a he's, he's a handful for anybody. He's a handful for anybody. But he's not the finished product by any means. No. The guy's he's raw. The guy's raw uh, from a technical standpoint. He he he's he you know he's still uh, there's room to grow there. I mean, the guy you know I don't think he's actually met his left foot yet. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't know if he knows that it exists. I think maybe someone else puts his left shoe on for him when he puts his shoes on. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but he 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 he's a good player, man. He's he's got potential. There's no doubt about it. I still think he's a couple years away uh, from helping the senior team. But there's no doubting that for the U23 level and the upcoming Olympic cycle, he is going to be a serious factor because of that speed. Uh, and if you if you can get the, if Andy Herzog can get the midfield sorted out, and if he can get a, a forward partner, and it's looking good for Mario Rodriguez, if he can if he can put the right pieces around Morris, Morris could absolutely terrorize um, U23 defenses at Olympic qualifying in October. Uh, but just, I would just say, U.S. fans, like, take it easy, take it easy, let him, let him, let him develop, let him develop. Let's not go asking for him to be on the Gold Cup team or uh, the World Cup qualifying team. Like, he, he's, he's, he, he needs some time. Leave him in the, he, leave him in, leave him in the incubator. Leave, leave him, let, let him, that, let him, let him keep growing. That's insane. He already has a roster spot for the 2018 World Cup, Ivis. I mean, who cares about the Gold Cup and all that stuff? He's already going to the World Cup. Come on. <laughs> if if he continues on his trajectory, it's not a stretch to say that he could potentially maybe be on that twenty eighteen. That's three years from now. So much right. will happen. That's a lot of time, right? I mean, maybe he'll turn pro. Maybe he'll finally leave school. Or, <laughs> no, hey, he'll go he to grad school. school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, his father's a doctor. He could go to you know, he could go to medical school. He'll be like the Doogie Hauser of the national team. He'll, and then I know he'll, yeah, he'll go to grad school and he'll then play uh, play PDL and play in adult leagues and and continue to get called up to the national team. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound that bad, does it? He could be the team doctor and be on the team. Yeah, I mean, you're still in college, so you don't. I, that sounds pretty good. I don't know. You know what? He's going to be the national team's Van Wilder. He's just going to stay in school for <laughs> seven years. He's going to be on the Garrett Cleveland plan, and then it'll be all good. That's not true. <laughs> I, that's not true. I graduated in four years. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, how yeah. I did that, I don't know. Pushiest major ever. Oh, that's not true. I was English <laughs> literature, leisure studies. I'm sure. Come on, man. <laughs> You were on that like ASU football player plan, probably. No, no, I, I, uh, you know, I had some, hard, ah, I, had some I, I had some hard classes. Hesitation. hesitation. <laughs> I had to think about that. Back Are you to kidding the- me? English lit was the easiest degree ever. If you're a college kid, go be English lit. All I do is read books and talk about it. Let's be honest. All yeah. right, back to what, back to the point. We're, losing, we're, we're getting a little loose here at the end. Uh, Jordan Morris, hype train. Feel free to ride it if you're a fan, because that's what hype trains are for. But I'm just trying to tell you, like. 
take it easy and don't over don't overdo the expectations because he still has to grow. Let him get to the point where he he's the player you you think he can be, but don't get you know disappointed if he, it takes him a mm-hmm. while because it's going to take him a while. Uh, and as far as the rest of the team goes, uh, I got real questions about their defense. Uh, I, I wrote a re- I wrote a, a piece for Goal.com that dropped this morning, where I kind of you know touched on some things on this U.S. team, and one of them was this was the defense. And look, I know it's weird you say the defense, but they didn't give up any goals um, against Mexico, and that's true. But you know, I don't know. I'm not sold on their defense. And when you look at, and I did find it interesting of the seven players who played. In the back, in that game, I mean, four starters, three subs, none of them are getting regular minutes uh, on the club level. And, and that can be a cause for concern because mm-hmm. we have to look back to that failed Olympic qualifying team from, from three years ago. And one of the issues of that team was as talented as it was, they weren't getting steady playing time, especially in the back. And I think that hurt them. I think that ended up costing that team and I think this team could be setting itself up for something similar. That doesn't mean this team is going to fail to qualify uh, because, again, we don't know what the rest of the, the field in CONCACAF is looking like in terms of U23s. I mean, I know Mexico is going to be tough. Uh, you, you look at Panama and, and they have some nice talent coming up. Uh, but I just, I'm just not sold on that back on, the, on that defense. You need Walker Zimmerman getting some minutes. Uh, guy, uh, Oscar Sorto, I mean, even if it's in USL, that'll help him uh, getting some minutes, uh, getting some regular playing time. Uh, Christian Dean, uh, Osegueda at a Club Tijuana. These guys need to get some playing time because it's, it's, it can't just be in, about the talent and about playing in these friendlies. They need to be playing consistently on the club level because if they don't, then you're talking about having a defense that could be vulnerable in October. All right, Davis, moving on. The U.S. Women's National Team unveiled their new uniforms. I think they look Awesome. I know the reaction was from they look great to they look horrible. I think they look good. What do you think? Are you blind? Those they look atrocious. Clean. They look awesome. Low white with the neon. Atrocious. Oh, dude, it looks good. I like that. So you're the demo. You're the demo that actually approves this kind of monstrosity. It's unbelievable how bad this is on so many levels. So many. Now, look, if you're talking about look, it, we're talking. Just, look, we're, well, first off, we are talking about it. That's the point. Nike accomplished what they want. Talking about it doesn't mean people are going to buy it. I mean, who's going to buy this thing other than the hardcore, hardcore fan? Who's going to buy this thing? And more importantly, it's about how they're going to look on the field. And, and you know what? Maybe and, and and I will say this. I mean, it, it always does seem like the uh, that e- that even ugly uniforms or even uniforms that a lot of people think are ugly once they get once you get them on the field and you play, you get used to them. It just changes the 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 the, the, the perception of it, right? Okay. And maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen. But I mean, just what, what do now, you not like? What do you not like about them? What's the green about? Tell me what the green's about. It's it's uh, here. I'll tell you what it's about right now. Hold on. No, 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 no. I don't want to read. Don't read me the Nike explanation. <laughs> I want you to look at it and say. I think the green looks it cool. It stands out. It's it's striking. It's visually appealing. It makes you notice it. I I you know it looks. I, look, it just it looks cool. <laughs> it just <laughs> looks cool. The, the, you're ex, you're the demo man. You're the target demographic that 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 Nike was well, convinced they could they could buy. Well, clearly I, I am, and clearly I, and clearly you're you know you're, the, you're the old guy demographic that hates change. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> I would love to see the poll numbers on a poll on what fans think of this because from my standpoint, okay, fine, I, okay, here's it's what, like I, I, okay. I, here, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do in the comments below. Give us your age and say if you like it, yes or no, and then that way we'll determine. We're, SBI will have a poll on this yes. today. 
So no, no, no. So I'm not. No, I don't. This we don't. We don't want people flooding the comments talking about this specifically. Do that in the comments section of the actual SBI poll that we'll have later today about this uniform. Here's my thing, right? Number one, where, where where's the red, white? Where's the red and blue, man? It's red, white, and blue. Where are the American colors? And I know, I know, uh, national teams around the world. We've seen this where they'll have these uniforms that they come out and they don't really have any any ties to to, to the uniform. Uh, I mean, look at Mexico when they they came out with the with the all black. Um, but I don't know, man, it's, I'm not a fan. Uh, I just think it's bland. I just think that, you know, for a team that, that, you know, they're pinning their hopes on winning a world cup and, and, and as fans, as American soccer fans, and you want to root for this team and be all patriotic and, and be about your country to have a uniform that has no colors of your, none of your country's colors. And then just randomly green, which is Mex- you know, closer to Mexico's colors. I don't know, man. I, I just was not a fan at all. And and the re- for me, the reaction I've seen, I mean, I feel like it's like ninety percent negative. And and obviously there's that ten percent like yourself that 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 you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think they look good. I think the socks look cool. I was he, okay. This <laughs> if the socks are all white, would you not hate them as much? Slightly, slightly less hate. Okay. You know what? Here is the thing, right? The uniforms. If you, if 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 you're just looking at them as as pieces of clothing, right, and not not the, they're not the U.S. national team's uniforms. They're just they're just uniforms, right? They're just shirts, and you're just looking at them as shirts. Do they look bad? No, no, they don't look bad. They, they look okay. They look okay. But you can't just erase all that context and 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 what it's supposed to mean and and what the jersey's supposed to be. And and I think that's the issue a lot of people have. If you're talking about it just as like if you saw this on the rack, you didn't know what it was and it, it had zero meaning to you, and it was just an article of clothing that you could put on and you would like how it would look. I get that. I would totally get like a black and white uh, soccer jersey and why it would be fashionable, but. In terms of what it's supposed to mean as the U.S. national team jersey, especially in a World Cup year, I'm sorry, man. I just, I, I, I you know, I, I don't see it, man. I, I don't see it, okay. and I think a lot of people agree. Well, we'll see. Hey, you know, I could. So, 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 I, I guess it, no. So, I guess it's safe to say you're going to be one of the people who buys the men's cut U.S. women's jersey. That's what you're telling me, right? No, you know, I don't. I don't buy jerseys. <laughs> I don't buy jerseys. So there it is. I think uh, you know what I'm. I'm, gonna I'm too you. cheap to buy jersey. They had to be I'm given. Gonna, to I'm me. gonna I'm gonna let your fiance know that you won't really want one of these, <laughs> so that she can get it for you for your birthday. She probably right? would. My birthday. That's not until February. Oh, all right. Well, some there'll be some occasion. You're you know she, you're. I'm getting my here. My marriage will come up before my birthday. Look, you're coming to my. It's my wedding. You can. This could be your gift for me. <laughs> when is the wedding? When is the wedding? January thirtieth. Why right. am I telling everyone on the show what date it is? <laughs> I don't know. So they can blow up your register, like 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 a sporting case, like sporting KC's fans did with Matt Beasler, and they bought all the, the all the you know when he he registered uh, for his wedding, like they the, the the KC fans bought all of the stuff. So there you go, man. Do it. We'll we'll hook it up. We'll let we'll let our listeners yeah. know where you're you're you're, you're you know you're. I'm gonna register reckless stuff like toilet paper things like that because I know it'll piss her off. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do. I don't know. <laughs> and I, as long as she knows I'm the best man, and 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 we got that sorted out. <laughs> yes, I, I, you will coordinate the bachelor party, Ivis. Uh, all right, there you go. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ivis. Moving on to the Americans abroad. Freddie Adu starts in his second straight match in Finland. They win again, as you said last show. It's a start. 
it's something, man. And he's he's starting to he's played two games in a row. He started two games in a row. His team has won two games in a row. And no, I'm not saying this dust off a gold cup roster spot for the guy. But it, it it's good to see, man. And and you know <laughs> Dust off a spot. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, it's, it's, I, know look, I guarantee I guarantee Shut up. I guarantee you. So funny. I guarantee you there are some some fans. Especially, look, Freddie has has some fans that some hardcore fans who really love him and think that uh, with with his skill he he's something special. And I I agree I agree with that on a certain level. Um, it's it's positive, man. Let, let's see him build up. Let's see him have a full season. I don't think anyone's going to get crazy about a couple of games in Finland, but let's let let's see him have a full season starting. And, and recapturing that magic because let's not forget, man. It's it, it, I mean, it was only it was only yeah four years. It was four years ago where he went to Turkey, the second division, Rizespor. And I know people were looking at that move and said, "What is he doing? His career really is over." And guess what? He got it in the starting lineup. He 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 played really well there. The reviews were great for them. He helped them uh, really put together a strong season. And that helped turn his career around. He he got he he earned a place on the Gold Cup team. Um, and he came back to MLS, got a big deal with the union. Uh, maybe this can help do something similar for him. And, and we'll see. We'll see. He's off to a good start. You got to you got to like that. Um, the fact that he gets it's one thing if teams you know sign a guy like Freddie Adu and it's kind of a you know you think oh is this kind of a gimmick? Is this a publicity stunt? Because they you know teams around the world know. That you know, Freddie Adu is still a name. He is still a name, and I know people. Some people say no, he's not. But I listen, folks. You don't realize when you want to talk talk about things like Google searches and interest in a player. Freddie Adu is probably still in like the top twenty five. Uh, oh, like we're talking worldwide, and we're talking about all U.S. fans. Freddie Adu is still probably in the top twenty five in terms of interest. American players that generate interest. Uh, so, so you know what? Let's wait and see. Let's let's see him uh, keep this up. But so far, so good. And Tim Ream Ivis was voted Bolton Player of the Year again. This is the second straight year he's been uh, he's been named that. And uh, Bolton staying in the championship. They're not going back down to the division. But I mean, the biggest question is Ivis. I mean, he continues to turn in these wonderful performances. He still doesn't have a place on the U.S. national team. I mean, any chance for him to move away from Bolton, or or is this is this a good spot for him, and he's there to stay. Uh, I don't know what the next step is going to be for him. I mean, I think it isn't. It is good that to sh- that he has shown this level of consistency. Uh, the fans, obviously, the fans at Bolton obviously rate him. They they they, they voted this award for him. Uh, he's in the. Con- I mean, for me, he's in the national team conversation. Um, it's just center back is a really tough position. Uh, I wrote a piece uh, uh, recently for Goal.com about Jermaine Jones and how. The, the 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 surge of the of the U.S. center back pool should make it uh, should make the Jermaine Jones move to center back obsolete. It sh- they shouldn't. Klinsman can afford to put Klins- uh, to afford to put Jermaine Jones back in midfield. Uh, and Tim Ream is part of that because when you look at I mean John Brooks who's had a good year in Germany. Ventura Alvarado obviously his stock has risen exponent- exponentially. Uh, then you have obviously Beezer and Gonzalez the, the 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 familiar faces and then you have Tim Ream. Left-footed player, left-footed center back. You, I, I, I can't forget Michael Roscoe either. Michael Roscoe, great season at Puebla. They just won the Copa MX. Um, so, I mean, center backs. It's it's a, the pool is doing well. Mm-hmm. But that's the tough part, right? If you're Team Ream and you're in there and you figure what Klinsman is going to bring four center backs probably to the Gold Cup, maybe five. And and he is, he's looking like he'll be the odd man out, right? I mean, uh, it, it, he's got a 
from a left center back standpoint, Beasler uh, and John Brooks, that's two tough guys to get ahead of, right? I mean, if they were an injury, knock on wood, doesn't happen. But if if a Brooks got hurt or if a Beasler got hurt, I think that would be huge for Reem. I think then Reem steps in. Then you're looking at Reem as someone who could, who could absolutely make the Gold Cup team. But for right now, it's going to be tough. I think he'll get his chance. I think he'll be there for the June friendlies. I think Klinsman's going to get a look at him. Um, so he's on the radar. He's on the radar. It's just not tough. Do I think he needs to make a move? Um, obviously, you're always looking for a move, right? If you can, you know, if if, if a better team comes along, if, if a Premier League team Premier League team came along, I made a move. I mean, I'm sure he he would consider it, but you know, for right now, he's settled in. He's doing well. So you know, you. Uh, I don't think anyone should hate on him if he decides to stay. I mean, he he, he seems pretty happy there. And with that, it ends today's SBI show. Ivis, before I let you go for the weekend, anything else we need to touch base on? Nah, I think that's it, man. I'm just glad we got our second show in the books, two two in a row. Starting a little run here, and uh, (laughs) hopefully we can can get some guests uh, in the upcoming week. I'm looking forward to this week of games. And and then, obviously, the trip up to Montreal next week. So hopefully that doesn't uh, interfere with our... Or recording too much. Remember, if you're in Montreal and you see Ivis, remember, order him Cosmopolitan. He loves Cosmopolitans. Is that what it's called in, in Montreal? Though? I don't is know. That, what's French? What's French? Le Cosmopolitan. Is that what it is? I don't know. Don't ask me. I, I know Bratandu in French, which means stretch your arms for water skiing. <laughs> and I know Mon Petit Chou, which is like my little cabbage, which is like a thing that you could say to like a French girl. And she'll be like, oh, thank you. You know, like that. That's all I know. So that's how you pull your girl, random random French phrases. So. No, that's how I pulled French girls in Club Med in the Bahamas. But that, that's, nice. that, that's those, those are stories at a bar. The truth <laughs> comes out. <laughs> little, got a bunch of little Gary Cleverleys running around. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. We don't. I had to think. We don't. All right. All right, I was, I'm going to let you go. You have a good weekend. I'll touch base with you again, and we will uh, have another show Monday morning for everyone. Yes, sir. And everybody, please, if you haven't yet, get, definitely give us a review on iTunes if you get a chance. Uh, we're trying to you know, pump ourselves up on there a little bit, and uh, you know what? Hopefully, we can keep it rolling. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, Ivis, have a good weekend, man. Have enjoyed the New York Red Bull game, LA Galaxy, and, and I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Thank you for the comments on the show on the website. That is Ivis Filarso. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.